verse number one, I'd like to continue where we were this morning with, uh, with uh, the thought on a servant of God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I pray by the Holy Spirit you'll search our hearts tonight. Prove us, Lord, and show us where we stand with you. Lord, I beg you to change our heart. Bring us to walk closer with you. May each and every one of us live in a way that will be sensitive to your goodwill, pleasing unto you. Lord Jesus, if there's anybody here tonight that's not saved, I pray you deal with their heart and bring them to salvation. And may we all grow in, in your grace and your mercy. I pray for conviction. I pray for spiritual growth. I pray for peace among the brethren. I pray that those that are odds and at strife with, with each other would get biblically right with each other tonight. I pray you'd have the preeminence in every heart. Lord, we are dependent on you. I am nothing. Unto you be glory in the church, I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <clears throat> James chapter number one, verse number one. We read the verse this morning. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. And we talked about James and how he's the brother of the Lord Jesus Christ, or the half-brother of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he identified himself as a servant. Just as a review for those who weren't here, this, this word servant, this specific word, is 120 times in our Bible. But only seven times in the King James Bible is the phrase, a servant of God, used. Five times about Moses one time about Paul, one time about James. It lets me know that there weren't many people called a servant of God. And it makes me wonder today, when we look out at the masses, how many of us truly are a servant of God. Yep. And as you look into this root word of this word servant, it means to be a bond slave or one sold to the will of another. If you're saved tonight, then, then you're purchased with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But my friend, I, I would ask and submit a question to you and myself. Are we sold? Are we surrendered? Are we yielded? Are we obedient to the will of another? So many times, it's easy to be focused on my will. But even the Lord Jesus Christ himself prayed, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. And as we look at this, this word servant, I told you the testimony that, I, and I heard it years ago, but it touched my heart and I have not been able to get it off my mind this week. Of that Johann Dober and David Nitschman, the Moravian missionaries from Hernhut, Germany, their family history came from Eastern Czech Republic. In 1732, they received a call of God to be a missionary to St. Croix and St. Vincent. In 
not allowed to go. They sold themselves as slaves. And their last words, leaving on the boat to go preach to those African slaves, was may the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. And as I ponder this thought on a servant of God, I can see in myself, I can see as I look at even our church, and certainly you can too, the lacking of such a devotion unto God. And if we can't be honest, how will we truly get help? James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're going to serve God, you have to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're going to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, then you're serving God. But you can't separate them. 1 John 5, 7 tells us plainly, there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And so as we look into a servant of God, I'll never forget hearing Brother James Jones say, three things or two things will mark a, a holy person. They'll be humble and they'll be happy. And as we look into a servant, the first thing I see that is a demand on a servant of God is that they are holy. This is where God's will overrides our will. Look with me, if you will, in the book of Leviticus chapter 10. We find here some priests who sought to do things their own way. And it was in an unholy way. They didn't yield themselves to the word of God, the will of God, the way of God. They just did what they wanted to. And that is so common in our lives, is it not? Why do we have a Bible? Because it's supposed to be a lamp unto our feet Amen. and a light unto our path. It's supposed to speak to our heart, change our heart, guide our actions, lead how we interact with God and with people and live our lives. Leviticus 10 verse 1. And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer and put fire therein and put incense thereon and offered strange fire before the Lord which he commanded them not. This strange fire, this word strange, it means something foreign to God. It means something foreign to the things of God. What they were offering, what they were doing was not commanded by, taught by, or spoken of by God. This was something of their own making. Verse number two, and there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them and they died before the Lord. Verse number three, then Moses said unto Aaron, this is that the Lord spake. So Moses is saying this. We looked this morning, Moses was called five times in the word of God, a servant of God. So my friend, this is what a servant of God spoke directly from God having told him. 
Then Moses said unto Aaron, this is that the Lord spake, saying, I will be sanctified in them that come nigh me. And before all the people, I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. Aaron's sons just died. But he couldn't respond against the Lord. God said very clearly, I will be sanctified in them. This word sanctified means to be set apart, to be holy unto God. Just as we looked in Romans 1.1 this morning, where Paul called himself a servant of God. And what did he say? He was separated unto the gospel of God. When we are separated unto God, we are separated from some things. When you separate unto the light, you separate from the dark. Look with me in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 6. 2 Corinthians chapter number 6. Verse number 14 through 18. I'm not preaching a new truth, my friend. I'm preaching something that has been known for years. 2 Corinthians chapter number 6, verse number 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. My friend, if we're yoked together with unbelievers, if we're yoked together with that that does not walk with God, if we're yoked together with that that does not serve God, how can we serve God? For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? Preaching through the book of 1 John on Wednesday nights. I'll never forget again. Hearing Brother James Jones talk about that word fellowship. Meaning two fellows in the same ship. What fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? They don't dwell together. They are opposites. Not only that, they are enemies. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? Did you know that darkness automatically separates from the light? But that the light automatically separates from darkness? This is a scientific fact. Yet we live in a day when churches are trying to mix light and darkness. That is not the will of God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. It's not possible. It's not possible. Verse number 15. And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? You see, my friend, God draws a division. As in Isaiah 57, 15, he said, Thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. He goes on to say, I dwell in the high and holy place with him that is of a contrite and a humble spirit. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. 
If you're saved, that means the Holy Spirit lives in your heart. And if the Holy Spirit is not in your heart, you're not saved. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Did you notice? I will dwell in them and walk in them. That means the Holy Spirit lives in us, but he wants to live out his will in me and in you. That's not possible if we are not yielded wholly unto God. Wherefore, verse 17, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. It's so saddening to my heart how we live in a day where when you preach this, people say, oh, they're Pharisees or they're arrogant or they think they're better than somebody. No, my friend, this is the doctrine of God. This is the doctrine of God's word. This is how he's been from the beginning. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Back in the garden when Adam and Eve were innocent and they had fellowship with God before they sinned, he was the same way. And when they sinned and they rebelled against God, that darkness drew a dividing line between them and the holiness of God. God is holy. And if we are going to be a servant of God, then we must yield ourselves to him and seek to practice holiness. Amen. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. That word touch not, it means to have no contact with. I want to ask you a question. I want to ask me a question. I want to ask us a question. Is our heart holy? Are our thoughts holy? Are our intentions holy? Are our actions holy? Are our words holy? Is that private conversation you have in text or on the phone holy? God knows all of it. And he wants us to be holy. You want the power of God in your life? I want the power of God in my life. We want to be servants of God. We want the power of God at Tabernacle. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come from how we live Monday to Saturday. You say you got a Bible verse for that? I sure do. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1 verse 5 said, Our gospel came not in word only, but in power, in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. The manner of person we are, the manner of servant that we are, the manner of obedience that we yield to God, will influence the impact we have reaching the lost and his presence in the church. Do you remember when that man with a demon-possessed kid brought his son to the disciples of the Lord and he said, I brought my son to thy disciples and they could not help him. Do you know why a lot of churches can't help people? Because the people in the church are doing the same things. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. Most people would say, well, that's, 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 you're, you're just being excessive. Well, that's what God said. I mean, don't your Bible say the same thing? 
And the Bible said his commandments are not grievous. And he said, and I will receive you. Wow, now, now, now it's getting personal. Does God receive us? Your service, my service. I wonder, does God accept it? I mean, the people around us might, but, but we don't live for people, do we? What does God think about how I live for him? Or about how you live for him? He said, touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And then he said, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord God Almighty. If we're going to be a servant of God, my friend, it starts, it starts by yielding unto the fact that God is holy. We live in a, you say, you mentioned this a lot, Josh. Yes, I do. Mary and I, missionaries for nine years, traveled to churches, and, and we've seen so many churches, and this is so lacking. A servant. It won't be accepted if we're not holy. I'm not talking about being pious and thinking we're above people. I'm not talking about being cocky. I'm not talking about thinking we're better than somebody. I'm talking about being obedient to what God said in his Bible. If we're going to be a servant, holiness is a demand. If we're going to be a servant of God. But then, not only must we be holy, but it's required that we must be humble. Look with me in the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter, chapter number 5. 1 Peter, chapter number 5. Very, very popular passage of Scripture. Verse number five through verse number seven. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. That clothed with humility, wearing humility. Everything about us should be Humility. To be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud. Well, there you go. God has set himself against pride. And it doesn't matter if it's you, me, or anybody else. God is no respecter of person. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. Humility for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. I'm thankful for grace. Amen. Amen. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. My friend, this Bible verse teaches us that we're not supposed to be praying, God, humble me. And if you're praying that, I'd, I'd, I'd implore you to stop. Because God may send sore troubles your way to humble you. But the Bible says, humble yourself. 
That means to realize who we are. He doesn't want 99%. You know that 1% that somebody doesn't give God? You know what that is? That's an idol. That's something that they put before God. Look with me in the book of Jeremiah chapter 3. Jeremiah chapter 3. Verse number 10 through verse number 15. I want you to notice something here. And yet for all this, her treacherous sister Judah hath not turned unto me with her whole heart, but feignedly saith the Lord. And the Lord said unto me, the backsliding Israel hath justified herself more than treacherous Judah. Go and proclaim these words toward the north and say, return thou backsliding Israel, saith the Lord, and I will not cause mine anger to fall upon you, for I am merciful, saith the Lord, and I will not keep anger forever. Only acknowledge thine iniquity, that thou hast transgressed against the Lord thy God, and hast scattered thy ways to the strangers under every green tree, and ye have not obeyed my voice, saith the Lord. Turn, O backsliding children, saith the Lord, for I am married unto you, and I will take you one of a city, and two of a family, and I will bring you to Zion, and I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. I notice this whole issue began by the fact that when she turned, she didn't turn with the whole heart. If we're going to walk with God, if we're going to serve God, if we're going to follow God, it has to be with the whole heart. Give it. Joshua chapter 24, please. Very, very popular Bible verse. Very, very popular. Verse number 15. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. My friend, it's a choice. And it's a choice that'll demand your whole heart. Jesus said you cannot serve God and mammon. You can't serve two masters. You can't go two directions. The servant of God goes all in one direction. I would say every one of us in here have come short somewhere in doing that. Number four, a servant of God is somebody that must be honest. You see, the Bible tells us in Titus chapter number one, verse two, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. God cannot lie. Amen. So a servant of the Lord, somebody walking with God, is not going to be one who is walking around lying. The Bible teaches us in the book of Ephesians to let every man speak the truth with his neighbor. 
Look with me in the book of Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter number 8. Verse number 15. But that on the good ground. So this is the parable of, of the sower sowing the seed and it fell on, on four types of ground. But, but notice what happened to the seed that fell on the good ground. But that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. An honest heart. To be an honest servant. To be an honest person. A lot of people are afraid to tell the truth for, for ver, ver, various reasons. Look with me in the book of Romans, chapter number 12. Verse number 17. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. And if you'll look with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Second Corinthians chapter 8 verse number 21. Providing for honest things, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. God would have his servant to be humble, to be holy, to serve him with the whole heart, to be one that is honest. But then may I say this, they must be one that serves him alone, that serves Jesus alone. He said, no man can serve two masters in, John, in Matthew 6, 24. In Joshua 24, 15, he said, choose you this day whom you will serve. It's either with the Lord or another direction. If we're going to be a servant of God, then we must serve him alone. And then may I say this, it must be without hesitation. Without hesitation. I shared with you the testimony of those gentlemen who sold themselves into slavery to carry out their call as missionaries in the 1700s. Can you sense the urgency of their call when they would sell themselves as a slave to carry out the call of the Lord in their life? No regret, no looking back, no hesitancy. John chapter 2, verse number 5, Mary said unto the Lord's disciples, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. No hesitancy. He said in Luke 6, 46, why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not those things which I say? You know as well as I do that week after week when the invitation is given, 
The Holy Spirit speaks to hearts. He touches people's hearts. He directs people. Go witness to this person. Go correct this. Change this. Do this. Don't do this. He's working in hearts. And then people, they, they, it goes against their will. And they hesitate to truly serve the Lord. To serve means to yield to the will of another in this context as a servant of God. And then may I say this, a servant, a servant of God. I mentioned this morning, I heard many years ago in this pulpit, a preacher preach and he said, we say we're servants of God, but how do we act when we get treated like a servant? Most people, probably all of us are full of pride and we bow up and want to fight back. If you would look with me in the book of 1 Peter, chapter number 2. 1 Peter, chapter number 2, verse number 23. This is talking about our Lord Jesus Christ. I'll back up to verse 21. For even hereunto are ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example. So if he's our example, that means what? We should what? Follow him. Leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not. But committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. A servant of the Lord should handle hurts the right way. Then may I say this, Romans chapter 12, verse 14. I'll be finished in just a moment. Romans chapter number 12, verse number 14. Bless them which persecute you. Or bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Amen. What kind of spirit do we have? Do you remember the disciples of the Lord when there were those that mocked and they, they said, Lord, shall we call down, you know, fire and kill them? And the Lord said, well, you don't know what kind of spirit you're of. What kind of spirit are we? God would have us to have the spirit of a servant. A servant is one that will hearken unto the word of the Lord. Do you remember King Saul? King Saul received a commandment from God. But he didn't carry out what God said the way God said to do it. Yep. He did it his own way. God told him in 1 Samuel 15 that rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. The prophet Samuel came and told him, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord... The Lord has rejected you. My friend, if we want to be a servant of God, if we don't do it God's way, he'll reject me and he'll reject you. Amen. He's the Lord. Yes. We could fight and argue and stand against it all we want. It doesn't matter. The Lord made the way to be a servant. And then last, a servant of the Lord be one that will be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. 
The Bible says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed until the day of redemption. The Bible tells us to live in the Spirit. It tells us to walk in the Spirit. It tells us to pray in the Spirit. It tells us that by the Spirit of the Lord, the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. If we're going to be a servant, this is how we should be. My friend, do we line up with what God said? God help me. God help us. God help Tabernacle to be a church full of servants of God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, search our hearts tonight. The will of the Lord be done. Bring conviction, God. Save the lost. Lord, those that are saved, God, help us, God, to live for you and to walk with you. Mold us into your image. Whatsoever pleaseth you in our lives, bring it to pass. May the hand of the Lord be with us and upon this place. Make us to be genuine servants, God, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. The altar's open if you need to talk to the Lord. I am thine, O Lord. I have heard thy voice, and it told thy love to me. But I long to rise in the arms of faith and be closer drawn to thee. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope and my will be lost in thine. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. Oh, the pure delight of a single hour that before thy throne I spend. When I kneel in prayer and with thee, my God, I commune as friend with friend. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. Rose, will you and Miss Rose come up here?